Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. All right, we're now joined Matt Baker, Tampa Bay Tide. We've had Matt on many times through some of the realignment talk and also what else has been going on at FSU and the ACC. Matt, thanks for your time. So how concerned or is there a level of concern from Florida State fans if they win that they still may not be a part of the four teams that make the college football playoff. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, there's definitely a level of concern, and I think there should be. Not an extreme level, but some level. I mean, if you kind of parse what Boo Corrigan, the committee chairperson, said uh, the other night, he, he said that Florida State without Jordan Travis is a different team. Well, yes, duh, we all have eyes, we all have brains, we can see that they're a different team. The fact that he said it in that way, I thought was interesting because it leaves the door open here. If you know, because remember the, the committee's charge is to pick the four best teams. Period. Not the four most deserving, not the four with the best resume. Although that that stuff is, is included in in this conversation, it's the four best teams. And if you believe that FSU is a different team without Travis, as they are, then that opens the door to say they're not one of the four best teams because the team that beat. Duke, the team that beat Clemson, the team that beat LSU, that's not the one that we see this weekend. And then uh, the fact that, um, you know, well, let's not exclude the fact here that Florida State's got a tough matchup in Louisville. You know, Florida State is not the same team without Jordan Travis. Louisville's got a good defense. They've got a good run game. And Florida State, one of their weaknesses is the run defense and potentially giving up some explosive plays. So it's a tough matchup there, just excluding the, the playoff aspect of it, too. Do you think um, – I mean, part of it is, look, Tate Rodemaker didn't look like a world beater against Florida in a bad defense in a rivalry game last week by any stretch of the imagination. But do you think that maybe this week if Tate Rodemaker plays, you know, kind of a, a good game, but not – I mean, he's not going to play a Jordan Travis game because only Jordan Travis can do that, that maybe some of that will back off? Oh, for sure. 100%. No, I don't think it's fair to judge Florida State – under Tate Rodemaker just by the Gators game. And I say that for a couple of reasons. Um, obviously, it was his first start on the road, all that stuff. We'll have another sample size with how he does good, bad, or ugly against Louisville. And then let's not forget everything else that happened on uh, rivalry weekend, right? Um, at, did Alabama look like a clear top four team against a, a not very good Auburn team? No, they did not. Did Georgia look like a world beater against rival Georgia Tech? No, they did not. 
I mean, weird. Uh, did Washington look like a, a, a sensational clear top four team in the Apple Cup? No, they didn't. It, it's rivalry games. Emotions are high. The weird things happen in those games. So I, I think we can't exclude and can't diminish the rivalry aspect to how we view what Tate Wanamaker did and the rest of the Seminoles did as well. And I think that's an important thing that the committee understands. And, and that means that this Saturday in Charlotte is going to be even more important to kind of get a, a good gauge on what this team is under Tate. Matt, as far as that goes and what we did see last week, obviously Trey Benson carried a heavy load there, um, but defense had to as well. What stood out to you for better or worse when it comes to, to now moving forward about a Seminoles team that has Tate Rodemaker at quarterback as opposed to Jordan Travis? Yeah, the passing game wasn't as good as I thought. You know, Jordan Travis is an exceptional player. I mean, he's going to be somebody that I will remember for a very, very long time. He, he was not perfect um, and will not be perfect at the next level either. Um, he is a sensational scrambler and as elusive as a guy as, as I've seen. He's in that Lamar Jackson, Bryce Young pantheon with me. But he's not wasn't a great downfield passer for Florida State. I mean, he was inaccurate at times. And I kind of thought Tate might be a, better in that range. That that you know that's something he was good at throwing on the run and throwing downfield. We saw flashes of it. You know, he had a really nice uh, throw in the seam to uh, Jameen Bell. Had a nice one to John Wilson. But it wasn't as consistent as I had thought. So that was kind of the concern. Um, the other concern, and this is a broader thing, is Florida State has started slow. You know, they, they fell behind against the Gators, 12 nothing. fell behind against Duke, fallen behind many times this year. And there's a little bit of 2014 Florida State vibes to them. That, that was the second Jameis year, if you remember, where um, they didn't wake up until they were down by two scores, and suddenly they taste their own blood and end up kicking the crap out of, buddy, out of everybody until they got to Oregon and couldn't do it anymore. Um, this team is not as extreme as that one. Um, and you can spin it the other way, too, that they get better as the game goes on and they're able to, to overcome these. But you, you can't keep playing with fire like that. And if they go out and have a slow start against the Eagles, maybe it won't catch up to them. Maybe they'll be able to, to go out and, and dominate the third and fourth quarter and win. But at some point, they're going to play, play a team that they can't do that against. And it might be Saturday. Yeah, Matt, um, I've watched every second of them this year. I've watched every second of them you know, you know since I was a student there at FSU. But uh, it, it's, uh, they seem to be a team to me that um, – is either a victim of their own aggression or they're, they're maybe across the board not mature enough to handle being who they are yet, but they, they seem to find a way. And Does that come from maybe Mike Norvell being uh, more of a steady Eddie uh, there and, and kind of keeping them uh, focused and not letting them get in their feelings too much? Yeah, I definitely think that some of that. And you know, just what, what I was talking about with their, their, able, their ability to finish games, that has been such a – focus under Mike Novell. You know, go back to and listen to his day one press conference when he got the job. He said something along the lines of, we're going to be a program that finishes everything we do. And he meant that finishing during the season. You know, we talked about, you know, they, they remember what you do in November. Um, and it's talking about finishing drives, it's finishing plays, and it's finishing games. And that is, is that's 100% real with this team, where they are significantly better in the, the third and fourth quarter. I think they're top five in scoring offense and top six or so in scoring defense in the second half. That's not a coincidence. That's the program that Mike Norvell has built. And, and that's just in how they train. It's how they structure practices. 
And then it's how they're able to perform and stay steady during the games as well. Matt Baker, Tampa Bay Times, with us on 365 Sports. Matt, uh, the Louisville uh, kind of, you know, got the, the the best dealt schedule in the ACC this year where you don't play FSU in the regular season, North Carolina, Clemson, but they still, I mean, they, they shut out Duke, albeit without Riley Leonard. They beat NC State, um, and then right after that, NC State kind of found their sea legs uh, and, and got really good again. What would you say um, is the best way to describe this Louisville team and, and kind of the way that they've they've navigated through the year? Yeah, I don't think you're wrong if you, if you kind of say that untested is a bit strong um, because they did win at NC State, as you said, pure things out. And they beat a, a, a at least a good Notre Dame team fairly handily. Um, but look, they're, they're good. They're, they're not a great team. They're not in that kind of, you know, the, the Florida State, uh, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia. They're not in that tier. But I think they're in that good tier, maybe not below the kind of Penn State Ole Miss guys. Um, they, they've got some things they do very well. I like their running game a lot. You know, Jawar Jordan is excellent. Um, Isaac, the, the other one, he's very good and explosive as well. Their defense can get after you a bit when you watch them, and I like that about them. So they're they're a you know for for them to be where they are in year one under Jeff Rom to me is quite impressive. Yes, we can poo-poo the schedule and I think that's completely a thousand percent legitimate but they don't control the schedule they got they paid the guys in front of them and, and went 10 and 2 in year one Matt when you uh, think about all the turmoil earlier in the year about realignment the ACC has that really come up much once most of the games started to be played is that even still even in any kind of discussion or smoke in the air you know, it's not something that's being talked about an awful lot, but let me paint a doomsday scenario for you. Oh, this please do. Please this do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's the doomsday scenario. Let's say Florida State wins. Let's say it's a close one, okay? And let's say Texas wins, and let's say Alabama beats Georgia. We can go into that scenario where Florida State, the eye test will tell you they're not one of the four best teams, and you could see Michigan's in. Oregon, Washington winners in, Texas is in, Alabama's in, and Florida State's not. If that's the scenario or, or other related ones where Florida State gets left out despite a win, then then imagine the conversations, right? Because the, the you know, Jordan Travis's injury will be the major factor, but the ACC's relative weakness would be as well. What if Clemson wasn't kind of mediocre this year? What if Duke had been better? What if Miami wasn't just kind of mediocre? You know, that type of thing, you could see the ACC's relative weakness as I think objectively they were the weakest Power Five conference this year. You could see that being a thing for Florida State boosters and big wigs and muckety mucks to kind of say, look, we got to get out of here. We went 12, you know, 13 and 0, and it still wasn't good enough because this conference is not, is not good enough. We got to go. Matt, um, you cover the entire state of Florida when it comes to college football, and Miami is is still trying to find themselves under Mario Cristobal. Florida really is under Billy Napier. Uh, they're not going to a bowl game this year. What do you think are the – and it's different. Both of them are in different situations, but what do you think the future are for those two guys? Yeah, Miami I don't have figured out. I, I, I have never had them figured out in all the years I've been in this job. When I think they're <laughs> going to be okay, they're, they're, they're bad. When I think they're not good, they are. 
I do not have them figured out. I think they need to do some soul searching in terms of game management in particular. You know, Mario can amass talent. I don't think there's a question about that. But even going back to when he was at Oregon, I don't think he maximized all the talent he amassed, if that makes sense. I think they underachieved a little bit. And I think we've seen that in Miami, and that's going to be something that he has to figure out. Uh, what do I need to do in terms of program structure, assistant staff, whatever it is to get the most out of these guys. Um, so that's Miami. Florida's a whole different can of worms, buddy. Um, there's a lot, lot, lot of soul searching they're going to have to do. You know, the, the defense was better in a lot of ways, but not good enough. Um, I, I think they're going to have to look at every bit of Billy Napier's organization. Um, does He calls his own plays offensively right now. Does that need to change? Does that make sense for him to be the play caller with so much going on for a head coach in this era? Um, the defense, again, was better but not good enough by any means. Does the defensive structure have to change? Not just the assistance, but the way they, they you know, the, their system. Special teams has not been good enough. There's been way too many disastrous mistakes and boneheaded things. They need a coordinator. Um, does this army of analysts and everything you brought in, do they need to restructure it? I could go on and on and on on this because I think – but Florida State's the best team in the state. It's not even close. I'm excited to cover their them in the ACC title game, and if they go to the playoffs, that as well. But the Gators, to me, are just fascinating because it's it. You could see it going absolutely either way, and there's so many unknowns. I, I'm just very interested to see how that all plays out. Uh, Matt Baker, Tampa Bay Times. Matt, your thoughts right now? Let's just say those who are supposed to win this weekend do, which I do, which I. Don't know if that's going to happen. That means Oregon's favored to beat Washington. Texas is expected to beat Oklahoma State. Georgia's slight favorite against Alabama. Obviously, the Big Ten, Michigan expected to beat Iowa. And also, um, the ACC, Florida State, as you just mentioned, expected to beat Louisville. If that happens, what are your four teams? Georgia's the easy one, no question. Uh, Michigan's the clear two, no question there. Then Florida State and, and, and uh, Oregon are three. and four. I don't have strong feelings on, on that one way or the other. You can argue Oregon's been so dominant that they would deserve it, and the fact that they would have avenged the only loss, which was a close one at Washington, I think that's a fine argument. Um, if Florida State, you know, obviously they would be undefeated, and if they look, if Tate and that offense and everything else, if they look like a top-four team, if they look really playoff-worthy, then you could certainly put them at three ahead of Oregon. But that's, that's to me, the, 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 those are the teams. Uh, one and two are pretty clear. Three and four, I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. Matt, thank you very much. We appreciate your knowledge. State of Florida, Florida State, Tampa Bay Times with us on 365 Sports. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.